reading a book or a quote, have you ever felt like it best put into words exactly what you're feeling? That's the part of literature. It offers us a connection and intimacy that is unique to the medium. Welcome to Lone Pack Conversations. I'm Valerie. Today we'll be exploring bibliotherapy with Bijul Shah, a bibliotherapist, counselor, author, and poet. She's the founder of Book Therapy, a book curation service that offers bibliotherapy, literary curation, personalized reading services, and bibliotherapy training. Hey, Bijul. Hey, Valerie. How are you? I'm doing well. It's so great to be talking to you today. Oh, thank you. So could you start with telling us how reading books helps with mental wellness? Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, literature, I often see it as a mirror, as a, as a tool. Um, that reflects what we're actually feeling because we always, when we're reading, always reading through our own lens, you know, we're filtering things out through our own experiences. Mm -hmm. So it's a great self-awareness tool. And I'd say that the power lies in the relationship that's formed between the reader and writing, whether that's narrative or poetry or essay, and the reflection of the thoughts, feelings, or observations that it brings up for us, that the writing provokes. And I would, I always sort of suggest, you know, through daily journaling practice, capturing exactly what the literature is bringing up for us. Um, you know, so you're using the books as a prompt. Yeah. Um, and that could be as a, as a part of, as a, as a self-care strategy, or it could be, you know, in your, you know, counselling or psychotherapy session or, you know, whichever mental health professional that you're working with, it could also be coaching. Um, so, you know, bibliotherapy is, I mean, I, it, you know, books can really help facilitate um, any sort of mental health struggles that you're going through, help you process what you're feeling, help you sort of find coping strategies um, and just help to process emotions and release, um, release those because that's so important to you know, really need to express them. And I think books essentially acts as a medium for that. Mm -hmm. So when you were talking about this, you told us that one aspect of reading that stands out is that you're reading through your own lens. It's your narrative. And you talk about journaling. You talk about how you would prefer that somebody journals or when you're reading, you also probably take the help of a mental health counselor. So taking up on that, um, could you tell us what bibliotherapy is and how it works as an alternative form of mental health therapy? Sure. So, um, so here at Book Therapy, you know, we, we very much define bibliotherapy as a form of art therapy mm-hmm. um, that focuses on the power of stories to heal. So you're really leveraging off the literature to kind of uh, process emotions, using it as a prompt for self-awareness, um, for connection, um, and for the processing of, of emotions and what you're going through. Um, so I'd say like the basis of, of bibliotherapy is essentially twofold. Firstly, you know, it, um, well, well the, it, it focuses on the ability of the bibliotherapist or counsellor or whichever mental health professional you're working with um, to prescribe the right text for each individual. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's no size fits all, so it really depends on pers- the reader's personal preference and habits. Um, and then it's also for, it also imperative that you know the reader is willing to explore the value of literary thinking and and you know seeking meaning within the literary language through self reflection and journaling you know and or discussion with a with a trained therapist or counselor. So you know both those sort of 
qualities need to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, and in terms of the actual bibliotherapy process, there's, you know, there's essentially three stages to it. And the first stage is really that you know the reader should identify and connect with the text or the character if it's fiction. Um, and it's you know the reader the text itself needs to help the the reader connect with their emotions um, and allow allow the reader to process them something this is what I call a cathartic response uh, and then also the you know literature should provide insight into the individual's own situation based on the issues faced by the character or discussed in the text and allow the reader to consolidate, you know, their learnings, their lessons in a therapeutic fashion. Mm -hmm. So I would say that those are the three stages of of bibliotherapy. Um, And, you know, you could use those in a sort of self-prescription, for self-prescription, or you can use it in a session with a counsellor or a therapist. Um, And you you could, I mean, sessions span both fictional and non-fictional literature across a variety of mediums, you know, so you could use novels, poetry or tragedies or essays, you know, all of these things connect with us in different ways. Um, And the, the actual magic happens in that process of reading and the interpretation and the reflection because it's all being framed from, from the perspective of the reader. And this is where you know, we start to work. Vijay, you were telling us about the magic of literature. So what's your relationship with books like? Sure. So, I mean, I, I, mean, I, I, I grew up in Nairobi, Kenya. So I spent a lot of my childhood and teenage years there. And I, you know, there's only like one community library and a bookstore. But, you know, I found myself hanging out there a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and I've always found them a source of comfort and solace. Um, in terms of entertainment, there's not a lot. And so you find yourself like doing a lot of reading the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I found I've always found books very comforting and healing. And I never really picked up on the on the concept of bibliotherapy until I was you know, doing my own sort of counseling training. And I had to see a counselor and a therapist as part of that. And I found that, you know, the sessions in between, like these were weekly sessions where I'd go and see somebody, but I found that the in between, it was like, you know, you might be having all sorts of emotions. You might have all sorts of things going on as you're waiting to see the therapist. And I think it's in that space and time where I feel like literature really anchored and supported me because I could reflect on what I was reading and I could take that to the therapist and, or I could just use it to resolve what was going on. Vijay, what was the inspiration behind founding book therapy and making this whole curation service for people that's personalized? There's been a lot of research done over the years by university students and PhD students. Um, And whilst there's a lot of research, it's never sort of really hit the mainstream market. Um, and lots of counsellors and therapists do prescribe literature as part of their sessions. Um, but what I wanted to do was really focus on, on bibliotherapy itself and, and bring all my learnings together. Um, I mean, I've, I've also created a course for people who are interested. I don't know if, if anybody's interested. It's a, it's a, it's a course, uh, it's called Bibliotherapy, Literature and Mental Health. And it's all about using literature for self-care. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a couple for people who are already mental health professionals and want to incorporate that work um in their in their therapeutic um sessions with their clients so i think 
um, I really just wanted to bring together everything that we need in terms of techniques and tools to use literature. And that could be like creative writing, unstructured writing. So reading and writing really go hand in hand. You know, hmm. you, you're reading, but you've also got to do um, a bit of reflection. And reflection always normally involves writing. Or if you're not really, if you're averse to that, then even just, you know, recording a voice note to yourself <laughs> about what's going on with you, you know, what I call audio journaling. Um, is also very powerful because it's really important to get those feelings out, to get the, to express the things that you're going through and capture them. Um, and that is very, that's healing in itself. Um, so, you know, a lot of the work that I do involves both so the reading and then the writing. And I always feel like um, sometimes reading for fun is great, but if you want to read it, if you want to also use it as a therapeutic tool, then this is how you can get the most out of your reading. I would also curate like, a, a I also curate reading lists based on what people tell me like they're looking for or, you know, they, they want something on trauma or they want something on anxiety or they've lost somebody, someone, someone's just died and they're going through grief. Mm -hmm. um, to even people are exploring their sexuality or they're seeking to find some sort of representation of themselves in the literature. Um, yeah. So, you know, all of these things are coming together. And so I'd started creating prescribed reading lists as well. Um, and I do it for both. I mean, I do it for therapy, but I also do it for personal interest because I've just had people who said, oh, I'm a really avid reader and I love reading this and can you mm -hmm. just do something for me? So I do, I do both. Um, and yeah, and I, you know, I now have this database and also feedback loop of what's working what's not which helps me hopefully tailor something that's going to be really useful and valuable to my clients you know when somebody is going through something you're actually providing them a service to know if this is what you're going through then maybe these books are things that will help you express it better or understand what you're feeling better and it's such a great service that you're doing to people oh thank you thank you Mari. yeah i know i think you know, like, I mean, similar to what Lone Pack's doing, you know, it's creating ways of helping people find ways to cope during um, when they're going through a difficult time, especially now with the pandemic. I think people are so are really struggling with mental health. And sometimes it's not easy to get access to a counsellor. Sometimes it's just hard to find a counsellor that you connect with. Mm -hmm. And I think when you have books and literature, it's... If you don't connect to the book, that's fine. Go and get the next one. You know, I feel like you have a lot of choice and variety in um, in, in literature. And also, you know, you are connected. You are st it's still a form of connection. Fine, it's not connecting with a person. But you're connecting with something in that writing or in the character or with the author. And it's really satisfying our human need for connection because, you know, yeah. a lot of health issues start when, you when you're feeling disconnected. Uh, with either parts of yourself or with others. Um, so it's really sort of um, bridging that gap. Okay. Um, and it's also a form of, I always say it's a form of meditation because it's my, you know, especially if you're reading mindfully, um, it's giving your, your brain a break <laughs> in a mental space. Yeah. And breathe. <laughs> Bishul, so, how have you found bibliotherapy play a role in youth mental health in particular? Sure. So, 
I would say that, and I, when I think of youth mental health, I, there's two branches. There's the children's bibliotherapy and then there's, you know, teenage bibliotherapy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think each is quite different. So I think like children's bibliotherapy is sometimes more complicated because um, children are young and they don't always have the language to express how they're feeling, but picture books and, um, you know, uh, play therapy can be hugely helpful um, in helping children express themselves and also process what they're going through because children, uh, they really need us to help them regulate their emotions because they're children (laughs) and they can learn how to do that. So with the literature and with the play therapy, it's such a wonderful way to teach them how to do that. Um, And then you've got you know, the teenage years where I feel that literature is very much a developmental tool. So I call it developmental bibliotherapy, where they're sort of learning about the world through literature, because there's so many things that are never really touched upon in um, in class. So like, for example, you might get taught about sex education, that if you do this and you do that, you know, you'll fall pregnant. But there's never like other things around that, like actually exploring your sexuality, exploring your needs. None of that is ever really addressed in the classroom. Right. And so I think literature can be a way of helping you explore your identity, help you explore your sexual needs beyond just the basic, you know, you know, the things that we get told that if if a man and woman have sex and they'll have a baby. Like it's so basic. So I really do think that developmental bibliotherapy can really come into can really help people with that, even with cognitive and social development, being assertive, dealing with anxiety. Um, all of these things are, are actually important lessons for teenagers, which are not often focused on in the academic you know, mm-hmm. setting. So I think for youth mental health, um, literature is, is just the perfect bridge. And also, you know, I don't see many youth going to see counsellors, right? <laughs> uh, whereas I do see lots of people reading. It's the time when you read. Teenagers, your teenage years is actually the time when you read before you go to university where you just stop reading. Yes. Uh, yeah. So we should make the most of that time that we that these teenagers have, right? Like we should help them make the most of it through, through sort of developmental bibliotherapy. Um, and that could also include a lot of young adult literature and graphic novels. Mm-hmm. Bijan, you've given us an insight into how reading books can impact our mental health. You've told us what bibliotherapy is. Um, Can you now tell us the steps of of how one can develop a good reading habit and include literature as a part of their self-care? Sure. So, um, you know, I'd I'd probably want to leave you with, you know, three three things that I think would, is, is super helpful. I think actually maybe five, but like, you know, firstly, you know, practice, practice mindful reading. So uh, when you're reading, you sure reading for escapism is, is fine. And, and that there's, there's a place and space and you need to do that. Um, but if you're sort of reading from a therapeutic perspective, you know, practice mindful reading. So ask questions like what's the literature doing for you? What, what feelings is it, is it bringing out? Is that something that it's nudging at you? You know, what, what's it prompting? Mm-hmm. Um, and also creating in, sort of intentional um, habits of setting aside like consistent time to read every day. Like reading is like going to the gym. If you don't do it regularly, you're just going to be a holiday reader. Um, mm-hmm. But if you want to get outside of that holiday reader mode, you have to do it daily. 
and make it intentional. Um, you know, I'd say create like create a space where you do it, you know, like a designated reading space um, mm -hmm. because all these things bring consistency and consistency helps you build that into your daily routine. Um, I'd also say like keep a book journal. So definitely do literary journaling. So every time you're reading, you know, write about it, write about what it's doing for you, write, reflect. Um, and then I would also say like find an accountability partner. So find a reading partner, um, somebody that you read with, or you could be reading the same book, um, maybe at your own time and space, but just sort of um, coming together then to discuss it because that is what's going to get you reading and finishing the book. Um, so I find that when you have a reading partner, you're more likely to, to finish something than if you're not. I mean, the same as a book club, right? Mm -hmm. um, more likely to be committed to it. So, yeah, so I would say all of those things are probably great in terms of building sort of better reading habits. That's so nice. Vishal, is journaling something you do very regularly? Because in everything that you've talked about, when you spoke about reading, you've always also added the importance of journaling and just how it, you know, enhances the whole reading process. Absolutely. Yes. I mean, I do it. I do it uh, pretty much every day. I'm always writing something because I'm just, I mean, I love writing. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. So whether that's just quickly jotting down a poem or if it's just, writing down how I'm feeling that day or something that I noticed about myself or, um, you know, I will, I will just write that down. And I think that just immediately creates a sense of relief because I feel like, well, I've taken it out of myself and I've put it on paper. Right. <laughs> it's really, um, it's really cathartic and healing. I, I just couldn't recommend it enough. Mm -hmm. Vigil, thank you so much for talking to us today and giving us an insight into what bibliotherapy is. We've learned from you that books can be comforting and healing. We've learned that why we read books is because you can connect with the text and through the text, you can connect with characters, you can connect with your own emotions, you can dig into something and realize and maybe identify things that maybe you were not comfortable with when it comes to your own self. And then you can take your learnings from there and consolidate them. We've also learned that there are different forms of literature that can help us best connect with our own emotions. And thank you for the last five tips that you gave us on how we can use reading personally and develop a reading habit in order to take care of ourselves. Thank you so much. No, thank you, Valerie. It's been such a pleasure to be here. And I, I do hope that it's helpful for your, your members um, and it just helps somebody in a meaningful way. That's, you know, I think that's the best sort of reward for this. <laughs> Thank you, Vijay.